Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Underneath the Iceberg. I'm your host, Sean Denon. Join me as we dive deep into the untold stories of success. Through candid interviews, we're going to reveal pivotal moments and defining experiences that propelled these ordinary individuals to their level of greatness. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Underneath the Iceberg. I'm super excited about our guest today. Um, a guest today is, is uh, a colleague, someone I consider a friend. Um, I've known Stephanie for many years. Uh, Stephanie Latner is our guest today. And Stephanie, uh, I've had a relationship with for what since I moved to Florida, right? <laughs> so Stephanie yeah. helped me purchase my first home when I, when I made the leap from Florida and was, you know, I remember, I, I remember you just setting the tone for who you were as a person because it was one of those like crazy moments where I called you and I'm like, Stephanie, I'm getting in the car and I'm driving down with the family. And it was like Memorial Day or something like that. And you're like, you know what? We'll make this work. I'm going to get some houses for you guys to see. Ended up showing us the perfect house. We you know, ended up buying it and everything like that. So um, welcome, Stephanie. It's awesome to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. So, so Stephanie, tell us real quick uh, before we kind of dive into the uh, to, to the underneath the iceberg aspect. Tell us just a little bit about what you're doing right now. You know what you do, um, and share with the community. Yeah. So, um, so I have two companies, uh, totally unrelated, and that's on purpose. Um, one is the real estate company, as you mentioned. Um, that's that's a, a hustle that that is a hustle. I mean, there's there's a lot to to a real estate business that. Um, I, I think unless you're in it, you don't really appreciate all the things that go on behind behind the scenes. Um, but there's that business and that actually funds uh, a, a different company. It is a health and wellness company that is we have technologies that help uh, people with ADHD, autism and a variety of other uh, neurological conditions. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you said so you, you help the real estate helps fund that other. So is that more your passion project, I, I would assume? Yeah, exactly. So that's a long term. That's been a long term project because there's a uh, there's a lot to bring something to market in that field. And so, um, yeah, so I started the real estate company, which I was also super interested in. But there was a lot of advantages to that because there was no no competing environment. So you can't really it's, it's very difficult to start a startup if you're working in the same industry, because companies will have rights over the intellectual property um, rights over your time. And so there were a lot of constraints there. And I did have an interest in real estate as well. So that really served a great purpose for me because I could do that totally separately. There was no conflict of interest and one one actually serves the other. Yeah. And, and still something that you're still passionate about, right? So it's oh, yeah. something that you enjoy. That's awesome. All right. Well, as with all of our formats, we're gonna we're gonna start from the beginning, Stephanie. So take us back in time and start from the beginning. <laughs> Tell us about you know, how you grew up, some of your goals, aspirations, dreams. Yep. Yeah. So I grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, I spent most of my life there, most of my childhood and through, through my first two degrees in Pittsburgh. Uh, if you know the area, it's, um, it's a very hardworking, down to earth kind of part of the country. Um, I'm kind of a typical kid product of the environment there where, um, you know, it means a lot to people to work very hard. And I, will credit my parents in that they there was never um, there was never a time where we didn't know that part of our job in growing up as a kid was to absorb as much as possible from everything every every learning opportunity uh, every learning opportunity that we could 
so that we could figure out, you know, what path was right for us and make sure that we could take care of ourselves no matter, you know, what the economy was, no matter whether we were married or not married, had kids or not kids, you know, that was just the, the culture of our family. So that's kind of how I grew up. Um, I did have a, a brother that had um, some some disabilities. So that really shaped my career choice, um, which was to go into electrical and bioengineering. Um, and so my goal in doing that was I didn't think I had the right temperament to be a doctor. <laughs> that takes, you know, that really takes certain skills that probably aren't my forte, but I did love the science and the engineering and learning the uh, anatomy and physiology of the brain. And so that's really where I focus. So that shaped my, um, my college career. Amazing. Amazing. That's fascinating. Um, so, so where'd you go to college? Sagan. Where'd you go to college? So, um, so my engineering degrees, I got the, I, I went to the university of Pittsburgh okay. and then along the way I had the opportunity to go back to school for an MBA at the university of Michigan. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so Pittsburgh all the way up through college. And then did you go yep. move to Michigan? Did you live in Michigan for a while? No, but no, no, I worked in Pittsburgh for many years. So I first worked, um, I first actually, actually my very first job out of school was here in Florida. Uh, so I worked for a Navy contractor, defense contractor got to do some really super cool things uh, over in the Panama City Beach area. Okay. And then but went back to Pittsburgh and I worked for uh, UPMC, that's Pitts Medical Center in their okay. Department of Radiology and worked in imaging for, for many years first doing teleradiology and, and uh, different, different deep low level code development related to imaging. And then from there, I was hired uh, by a company called Respironics, which was the leader in sleep medicine. So I kind of grew up through the ranks in that company and ended up head heading up new technology for them. So anything that wasn't their traditional um, products, I got to lead the investigation of, you know, what are we what are we doing next beyond our traditional products? So that was super cool. Um, and from there, got hired to um, a company called Innovation Works. They are actually one of the largest seed funders in the in the country. And so we, we working there, we started helped to start um, about 20 to 30 companies a year and then reinvest in them. And from working there, that's where between Respironics being head of new technology and then Innovation Works, that really sparked me in terms of entrepreneurship and really kind of broadened my horizons into the multitude of things that you could do. It was, it's one of those good and bad situations where, you know, you kind of get a fire lit under you of all the possibilities, but the challenge is, okay, well, <laughs> with all these possibilities, what direction do you run in? Yep. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's been super cool. That was very formative in my career. Well, you know, and that's, I think that's a very pivotal moment because it is one of those where you see other people doing it. I know that was something for me, right? And it was like, yeah. there was that moment in my career where I was even like doing some coaching, but I'm still working for somebody, right? And I'm just like, okay, like I'm, I'm now in a position where I'm coaching people. I'm giving people advice. I'm doing things, but I still haven't done this on my own yet, right? And that, that's very many years ago for me. So similar. similar and that's that, exactly. And that exactly, I can totally, totally uh, appreciate that, that moment that you're talking about, because I think that's, Every entrepreneur faces that at some point of when do I take the leap? Can I do it? What if I fail? You know, all, all of those questions and all of those, all of those maybe sticking the toe in the water and then pulling back out until you finally, you finally, you know, something pushes you to just say, okay, this is it. I'm going. Got it. 
So, so, and that was that moment for you, just, just that, that combined. You know, when it was a, it a combination. Like accumulation of a few things that kind of pushed. Yeah, you. exactly. For me, it wasn't, it wasn't like overnight, but it was definitely, um, I definitely got excited by working alongside with a lot of different CEOs of startups and their management teams. That's just a super fun environment. That's, that's contagious. Um, I got, you know, a little more of that going back to uh, school for my MBA because now I felt like, okay, I really, I really learned a lot in my MBA. Some people think that that's not, um, that's not worth it. And in terms of a degree, and I will say, then you're probably at the wrong school <laughs> because the school I went to was really life-changing. And I think gave me um, the foundation that I needed to feel confident that, okay, this is something I, you know, I, 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 I get what I'm doing here. I know, know what needs to be done. I'm well-trained and, and I guess maybe set the stage for me to go do my own thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, it's funny because I, I, I want to dive into that for a second, Stephanie, because I do think that there's mixed feelings and review, you know, about education and is it important? And now it's like, everyone's like, Hey, you know, just go invent an app and become a billionaire when you're 17. You don't need college <laughs> and you don't need this, you know? And, and it's funny. It's, it, it's, it's much like the purpose of this podcast. It's not everyone's path is the same, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, for what someone could gain from that, you know, the next person could look at it, you know, so, so I, I applaud you for that because I think a lot of people do have that sense of like, oh, MBA it was, didn't do anything for my career, right? Well, that was you. That was your career. Yeah. That was your self-confidence and that was your, right? It doesn't mean that MBA programs are inherently bad, right? So I think. Yeah. And I, you know, everyone, everyone learns differently. So I will say, you know, we see a lot in it, real estate's a great example. There are a lot of people that have no degrees and are wildly successful in real estate. But what I'll, what I'll challenge that argument is, is that they're absolutely learning. We have every, you know, classes every day. There's, there's programs, there's so many things. So, so education very, is very much a part of it. Otherwise, you're not competent at your job and you're, it's not going to work out for you. So you either, you're either learning, you know, in one environment or another, just depends on where you learn best how quickly you learn in certain environments, what you can tolerate. I mean, there's a lot of aspects to how we learn. Um, and I just think, like you said, that's different for everybody. No, and I love that because, you know, th definitely for me, that was my path. I always tell people I started reading and studying once I left college, right? <laughs> because it was like, you know, because yeah. honestly, like I did, and, and I'm an avid reader. Uh, and that's what people are like, I'm, I'm ADHD, as, as you well know, and everything. And it's like, and people are like, well, that you must not be a reader. I'm like, oh no, I can read and I can read a book in four hours if I'm interested <laughs> in the topic. Yeah. Right? So you give me a yeah. book like Atomic Habits and I'll be up till three in the morning, just paging through it. Right. Like the most focused individual that you ever see, but then give me a book about, you know, classical music or something that just doesn't interest me. And it's like, I'm sorry, my brain's just not, <laughs> I just can't apply the, the attention to it. So yeah, that's, that's very true. That's very true. And I, and, and it is, it's, it's continuous learning. So I think, uh, I think you're, you're aware of this. So we did make a switch with my son, Christian, um, who's, who's my middle child, ADHD. And, you know, it's been amazing to see how he's flourishing. I mean, he's starting out with 4.0. He got ahead of his classes because he could start early with the, with the uh, Florida virtual, you know, instead of him coming in and like me getting the weekly, like your son's behind in this, this, and this, he's <laughs> to me and he's like, dad, I'm two weeks ahead in algebra, um, you know, because I want to set it up that if I want to take a day off, I'm going to be able to. And I'm like, 
mindset, right? And it's a thing. So we had this moment actually where he, he went and spoke at a Brevard Chamber of Commerce event that me and him went to. We got invited as the guest speakers because, as you know, he's my partner in Rush Bulls. Um, so he gets in there and, you know, speaks in front of a room with 50 professionals, right? For 10 minutes, Stephanie, and just crushed <laughs> it, just owned the room, right? So I told him, I'm like, well, there's this class in high school. It's called public speaking. I'd like you to know that you just got an A, right? And, you know, and it's like, so it, it's been interesting. But um, the cool thing that I found with him is because he's really excited about the rush bowls and this entrepreneurial track, every day I go in, there's a new book missing from my little library. So he's now reading Atomic Habits and he's reading like these other books that are, so, so we have two, two learning tracks for him. We have traditional Florida virtual, which has been amazing, huge, amazing program. Um, and then, you know, the, the Denon school of hustle, if you will. Right. So he, he's kind of enrolled yep. in both right now, but he's thriving, you know? So I, I think the point being is that not everyone has the same path, not everybody, but find how you learn, find how you learn best and, and apply that. And, and you can really thrive. Yeah, And it really is truly what excites you. I just think that's a fundamental human quality that obviously we we will absorb information more readily if it's a topic that we we love and care about and can imp maybe implement or see the effects of. Yeah. And I think that's just true for everybody. And then, like you said, exaggerated if you're also dealing with, you know, ADHD. But I will tell you, Sean, you're, you, the, the nicest thing about real estate is the wide variety of people that I get to to meet. I mean, I've met my medical director. I've met people that have joined our team in terms of, you know, engineers, I've met marketing folks like yourself. I mean, I've met so many amazing people that I would have never been exposed to had I not, you know, done this separate, you know, kind of separate gig. And with that are parents that have kids that are similar to Christian. And um, so many have thrived in a different learning environment. And, and I guess the one thing that it just makes me super happy to hear stories like that. But one thing I like to confirm with everybody is that it has nothing to do with intelligence or ability to learn or, you know, things that people attributed to ADHD way back when that just really are factually untrue. So I love hearing those success stories. Yep. IQ, those type of things have nothing yep. to do with it, right? So nothing to do with it. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So, okay. So we, we've worked at the companies. We realize that we have a taste for entrepreneurship. We want to take that leap. Tell me about that leap. When did we take that leap? What made you decide? Was it real estate right away? Did you try something else first? Tell me about that. Yeah. So, so real the first thing I did was real estate. And, and to be honest with you, it was, uh, it was purely cash flow, <laughs> cash flow related. I needed to make an income. I needed to make it happen. And, you know, if you're anything like me, and I think, I think, that we do have some overlapping qualities, you know, that's, if you, if you need to take care of something, you got to go take care of it. You know what I mean? And, and that means financially too. And so for me, that was like, okay, I, I understand it. I know how, I know how to uh, operate the contracts. I know how to navigate the business. So for me, it was something that opportunistically I could dive right into, uh, start working quickly and, and have that steady income that would give me the freedom. And, and I say that loosely because you don't get a lot of freedom in real estate, but, you know, especially early on. But it gave me that it gave me the flexibility to start my other company, which was much more intense in terms of product development and clinical trials and all of that. So, you know, one really one really fed the other. But uh, but real estate was what I opened up first kind of gave me that backing that I needed financially. And then once that was off and running, it, it enabled me to start my other company. 
Now, was that in PA? Did you start real, your real estate career in PA and then move? No, forward? it was here. That was here in Florida. You're here in Florida. Okay. So, yeah. so post, post MBA, you came back yep. to Florida and then, and then this is where you started your real estate career. So yeah. tell me about that in the beginning. I, I, I know you said, you know, in the beginning, especially it's not like cold calls, hustling, like <laughs> just trying to get that yeah. first couple of customers. <laughs> so it's hard. It's, it is hard. And anyone that's, anyone that's made the leap knows, you know, so Thankfully, I had some people telling me, look, save up as much money as you can before before you start, because, you know, a person that you might meet today, even if they select a house or, you know, you're you're helping them sell their house. It's going to be a good even in the fastest environment, it's going to be a good 60 to 90 days before you even get one little paycheck. And so. Yeah. So you see, you just have to plan for that and, and then uh, add to it. Um, you know, I. I like to think I, I like to think that there's a silver lining here, but I'll, I'll tell you, I started when the market had crashed here in Florida. It was a few years before you got here, and it was just horrible in terms of home values, which means you know the money that you're making is horrible. You have to sell ten times as much stuff for a tiny, tiny salary. So that first year was really, you know, it was really rough. But it it makes or breaks you. You're either going to figure it out or you're not. And so, you know, for me, that was that's kind of an environment I, I thrive in. So um, it was like, OK, first year uh, I had a, I had a broker that gave me some great advice. And he said, look, you just really have to learn, learn the ropes at the highest level. And it, once you have once you have a really good competency, then the pace and the the customers and all of that will follow. And that was just great. That was just great advice. And, you know, so in your real estate career, though, even, even as long as I've known you, I've seen that evolve too, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of went from working in a brokerage to, you know, to tell me about that progression. Yeah. So, and I think that's kind of a normal course for a lot of, a lot of people that, that stick with it. So yeah, I originally was uh, at a brokerage where I was part of a team and uh, doing, you know, what I was describing, just learning the ropes. Um, I had great mentors at the time, really some really good people around me. And then, you know, it, it, like all people, you just want to evolve to the next level, the next level, the next level. And so in real estate, uh, there are certain you can always have your own company underneath the L, uh, umbrella of a brokerage. And so now I'm with a brokerage that is um, one of the fastest growing in the U.S. It's was nominated for some national innovation awards. You know, hopefully they'll go for an IPO in the, in the next few years. And the reason I went there was really because of the business mindset of the CEO. He's started numerous companies. He's he's just a go getter, um, and he instills that culture in everybody, no matter what where you are in your career. But for somebody like me, it's it's super exciting because I can ha then have my company underneath his umbrella, which is which works great. Got it. Perfect. That's awesome. Very cool. And you know, so it's it's pretty much everything in real estate, right? Because I know for me personally. Uh, you've, we've done a couple houses together and this is everyone who knows me and follows my stuff on, you know, the internet knows that we're opening rush bowls. Stephanie is the mastermind behind the rush bowls. I had to talk me off a ledge at least 74 times, uh, <laughs> money on that one for sure. But, um, you know, but I, I just, I, I think that was really cool because it, it was impressive to me because even when I reached out, I didn't even know if you did commercial. Remember, I'm like, I, I know you're awesome in the house space, but commercial. And then just to watch your knowledge in that, you know, equivalent, like a lot of people don't do that, right? They don't have that crossover with commercial and, and, and the residential side. So, 
Yeah, correct. And and there's and and thank you for mentioning that, by the way. But I think I um, like you. I like so many of my customers are um, business owners, entrepreneurs. They're they're doing something. They're or or they're investors. If they if they have one house, they may have several others that are investment properties. And I think you know they always say you know your vibe attracts your tribe. And so I think that people just know that with like like the many conversations you and I had, you know. When do we pull the trigger? When do we pull out? When do we invest? When do we, when don't we, what, when do we put up with a certain situation and, and, and maybe bend a little and when do we say enough is enough? And so just having those business conversations at a much deeper level that obviously affects people's, like you said, your net worth, your, your, your family's income, your legacy that you're, that you're prepping for your family. I mean, these are very, very important discussions to have. And I, I love that. I, that's, that's kind of what gets me wound up. So um, I end up having a lot of customers that come to me for that very reason. Yeah. And I can say, and I will uh, a shameless plug here, but um, your knowledge of that, and even just the ideas that we would bounce off and you're like, Hey, when you open, you should think about that. You know what I mean? And just thoughts about the business. Like it had nothing to do with the real estate or what the location was or the public lease or this, that, and the other thing, but it was just general, like, Hey, I had this thought about the business. So I, uh, I very much appreciate that. That's that's awesome. It just shows that you know your biz, overall business acumen, right? Is it, it's not just limited to real estate. Um, <laughs> so let's let's take that pivot now. I think that's kind of a perfect pivot. So so we we jumped into real estate, full you know full fledged in, saved up some money. I, I love that. That's exactly what I did. Like when I sold my previous company, and, yeah. and you know like I just I was like you know what. I can, <laughs> find ways to put this money into different things or I can just bankroll everything myself. Right. And it's like, so I'm, I'm a big, uh, you know, burn the ships kind of guy. So I'm like, listen, I'm <laughs> everything. I'm going to put it into everything. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to be calling Stephanie to sell my house again, but um, <laughs> that's not the case. Right. But, um, but no, so I, 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 you know, think that's, that's amazing. So, so you started the real estate, you started to have some success in that. At the same time, you started the the, the research. And, so let's pivot to the research and development company. Let's yeah. So there was so there's there was many years of research where we were um, kind of behind the scenes testing different testing our theories, testing different ideas, doing feasibility studies. So you're kind of mocking up products, but um, also also doing a lot of um, it's called preclinical testing. So it's smaller smaller trials controlled environments to try to figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work. And so at every step of the way, the data, you know, the data was just like, oh, that's, you know, we're, I think we're on to something. And you would just get a little bit more excited about the direction you were taking. And so that just took its natural course where every, every step that we made, we kept getting confirmatory data that said, okay, you got to, you've got to take the next step. And all of that, of course, costs money. So, you know, I'd be working my tail off on one end to try to make sure that we could do the next step and, and get to the next step. And then having worked for a seed fund in the past, you know, for me, it was actually super important not to take somebody's money because, um, you know, investors, when they invest in your company, that's coming out of their retirement. That's coming out of their family's income. That's, and of course they want to make money off of it. But I think, I think you got to be aware that, they're really putting a lot of trust in you and in your company. And so I just wanted to make sure from an integrity standpoint that every single thing we did was really fleshed out as, as much as possible in terms of technology, intellectual property, clinical efficacy, all of it before, 
we got to the stage where we are now, where now we're ready to take on outside investment. Gotcha. Very cool. And, that, and that's where you're at right now with it. So you yep. through yep. some of the initial clinical stuff, ready to take on yep. outside investment. That's amazing. So do you see, um, do you see like an ultimate pivot for you? Do, do you, where, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Let's say, is it? Um, yeah. So, so then, I mean, for sure, as my other company takes off, um, that's, you know, that's where I'm going to be full time. It's just too intense. It's too, it's too big of a company to, you can't, you can't do it halfway. Sure. So it's now at this stage where, you know, I really do need to put everything into everything into that company. Uh, the nice thing is, is on the real estate side, I have now such a, well, um, what's the word? I got the all all of my business is past clients and their trusted referrals. So I don't, I don't have to do the things that you do early on where you're building up your database and you're doing a ton of marketing and open houses and whatnot to try to try to introduce yourself to people. Most people know who I am. They either like that or not. They either do deals with me or not because, you know, we, we have a rapport. So it's, um, I'll keep, I will definitely keep my license and I will definitely, you know, serve my past clients, but, but, the pivot is starting to happen. Yeah. Nice. And I, and I think that's smart and it makes sense because like that, you built that before you built those relationships that that's music to my ears because I'm never buying a property without working with you. So uh, <laughs> it's music to my ears to know that I can still bug you in those, in those respects. Um, yep, absolutely. So, so that's amazing. So anything you want to share about the company at this point, Any, anything else about like where you're at, what, like the mission, what the goal, like what do you want to share? Yes. Yeah, so, I know it's obviously in like research and everything like that. So, yeah, so we're past the research phase and we're past the clinical trial phase. So, um, yeah, so we have a, we're in the early manufacturing process now. So we are, um, we, we've already designed what's called an MVP or minimum viable product. Um, but we're really going through, okay, if we, if we're going to scale this thing, because we do, we did some test marketing, and the demand seems to be quite high. So we don't want to launch and then fall right after launching. So we are designing for manufacturing where we can we can implement the product in higher volumes. So we have uh, both an app that is a brain training app um, and there's a lot of cool different things and specifically for attention and, and our next phase of that will be focused on memory as well. Um, and then uh, we have a headset that is our therapy device and that um, we hope to we hope to have launched before the end of the year. Okay. Now, are they, do they work together? Does the app and the therapy device complement? Yeah. So, so they're 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 complementary to each other. You don't have to use them together. Okay. Um, so you can yep you can use them independently. So right now, like for example, we have um, a few people that uh, this is this is the part of the data that gets me excited because people that I don't know will call me and say, Hey, I'm using your app. And, you know, they'll tell me their, their story. And just to share like a quick one with you, um, you know, one young lady, she's um, like, like we were talking about before, super bright happens to be in a embedded, embedded code engineer. So it's very low level software engineer. That's very detailed, very difficult work. Absolutely brilliant young lady. She discovered that she has an auditory processing disorder, which is part of ADHD. It's also part of autism. It's a symptom of both of those. And by using our app, she started out just failing miserably for her age group uh, in terms of her ability to respond to auditory cues. 
Um, but over about four to six weeks, she got up into like the 85th percentile of her age group and just, just, but just by training her brain. So we're talking to so really, that's actually really tangible, like, tangible. Yep. Yeah. Super, super results. And then our clinical trial with our headset, um, same kind of thing. People, um, after about 30, just one, just one time using our device for 30 minutes, their scores went off the charts in terms of um, kind of what you were saying before, something it, you were, you mentioned, if something's of no interest to you, it's hard to pay attention. That's actually how we test people. And that's actually the environment that we put them in to see if they're making improvement. That's really the only way to test attention is to put somebody in a really challenging environment and see if they can hang in there or see if they, you know, if they start daydreaming or if they start jumping the gun or, or what. So that's what our, our brain training app does. And then our device, we use it as, again, as a therapy device and the clinical trials after just 30 minutes, people's scores were like, like skyrocketing. It was, it was really amazing. That's amazing. So the device is a headset. Does it like it is. sound? Does it have vibration, like sound vibration? Yep. Exactly. Yep. And it's, uh, yeah, you wear it for about 20 to 30 minutes. Um, once in the morning, that's what we recommend. You can wear it if you need it in the afternoon, but it just kind of puts you in a, in a very highly focused state where you can, you can take on challenges like that. Amazing. I can't wait to get one of these headsets. <laughs> I will tell you the, the, it, so it has a long origin, like it, like all inventions that's, you know, this isn't, this isn't where it started. We didn't just like wake up one day and have this idea. It actually evolved from many years of electrical stimulation and magnetic stimulation. And how do you, how do you affect nerves of the brain and sleep and concentration and wake and all of that? So it's a lot of history behind this device. But um, but the one thing that we know is that people love this sensation. So even just for kind of like hanging out or, or wearing it at the gym or anything like that, it's it, people tend to really love it. Yeah, it almost it almost seems like it create like a med meditative state for someone who can't really meditate, right? Like Absolutely, for me, it's yeah. To quiet the brain to do, but what I found is so for me, um, and, and someone helped me out with this was um, the use of mantra. So yeah. anytime I meditate, if I just try to meditate with just clear brain, like don't think of anything, all I think about is the fact that I'm not supposed to be thinking about anything. Yeah. <laughs> just think of my loop and I'm just like, blah, blah, and then my brain just, and I'm like, okay, just stop, right? You were better off before you started meditating uh, because, you know, all, all the uh, the competing interests in my brain start start trying to, uh, to, to come up. But someone told me, create a singular focus point. Create a mantra, yeah. which is a singular, and just make that your singular focus. And if you can eliminate all other thoughts but that one singular focus, then you are meditating, right? And you are achieving that state. So that was interesting to me. You're just hearing that you're going to love this because it's going to set you up for it's going to set you up for that perfectly. And in fact, we, you know, back to the real estate thing, that one of the engineers that is, um, he's basically a kind of a partner to our company, happens to be a composer. And he writes all of his music from scratch, both um, both analog and digital. And so we worked with him um, to create certain music at, at, um, that is complementary to to our neuromodulation that's going on because it has to be it has to be very precise. And with it, um, what he came up with, he came up with a variety of songs. But what he also came up with it for people that may want it is basically a 30 minute session where you start out, if, especially if you're just waking up in the morning where you're just kind of waking up and you can go through your gratitude 
you know, segment and then start planning your day and do a little meditation and then start like kind of gearing up for, okay, what do I need to get done? And then it ends with a little bit of like, you know, pumping music where you're like ready to take on the day. And it's, I, I've used it a bunch of times and it just, by the time you're done, you're like, okay, I'm ready to tackle anything. <laughs> super, it's super cool. I can't wait to try it. All right. So we got a, a really solid foundation education. We worked at a bunch of companies. We made the leap into entrepreneurship. We became very successful in real estate. And we are now changing the world with this <laughs> product and this solution. Amazing. So as I always end every podcast and every segment, I want to dive into a little bit of the why. Now, you had mentioned before about your brother and about that and, and that piece being connected, but bring that full circle for me. Just because, you know, I, I think one of the things that I always talk about is when people talk about their why, it's like, well, because I want a boat, right? Or because I want, you know, I, it's for my kids. It's for my, per it's for things. And, and that's all right. Like, I don't think anybody's wrong. There's no right or wrong answer of your purpose, your mission, your why and things. But I always find that it goes deeper, right? And there's always that level that's like, okay, this is why, but this is why. Case in point, okay? People look at my kids. My kids are highly, highly trained martial artists. They are very physically strong and, da, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And I will be honest with you, part of that comes from a little overcompensation by dad because I grew up severely bullied my entire life. Mm. I was severely bullied. I, you know, took trauma, like all kinds of things. So I myself learned to compensate for that by learning mixed martial arts skills by, you know, becoming six foot four and going to the gym all the time, you know, and everything. And it's like, people look at me and they see the confidence and they see everything. And it's like, really? Like, and it's like, oh no, I was that kid who had to hide in the back of the bus and hide in the bushes after school. And did like, that was my life. That was my, so it's interesting where I actually had a psychologist help talk me through that, where it's like, you know, and it's not bad what you're doing with your kids, but just remember that like they haven't had that experience right and they haven't had you know so certain things where you're like you have to do this they're not going to connect to it the same way because that was actually your experience it was just interesting to me that you know to see that but it was like part of where that came from was like i never wanted my kids to experience a second of what i experienced right and and, and one of those things so um so again all different wise purposes and things like that but let's let's talk about your why for a second so, so I think, I think we just had a therapy moment here <laughs> because you're, you're making me get a little teary eyed because I think I discovered something again, similar, similar to you. So I'll tell you that in a second, but, but truly, you know, it, it was my brother that, that inspired me to go in the direction I did in terms of education. I, in, I will say in real estate, which is absent in the corporate world. There is much more focus on mindset and your why and what drives you and really digging deep. So I never had any exposure to that until until I was in real estate. I'm very, very grateful for that because it exposed me um, to really a much broader and deeper way of thinking that that was absent. And I had a business coach at one point that would go would would take us through these exercises. And one of the things that he says commonly that um, and it's a it's a big name that you, that every, everyone in the industry kind of knows. But it, he says, look, there's 
you can look at any example. If you are just if you are just motivated for your vacation or you're feeding your obviously feeding your kids is a big one. <laughs> but if you're motivated by the the immediate, you're going to get you know a certain amount of success. But if you are motivated, if you really discover what goes way beyond you, it's it is human nature to do, and particularly for people you love, um, or for people for for a situation that you want to create, something that's just way bigger than you, your your world, your view. You're going to work ten times harder for it, and your your the ability for you to be more successful than you thought is is now attainable. And so that's, that's always really that kind of, that notion's always kind of driven me. And for me hearing, so one, one, I want to affect, you know, I want to be a positive change in the terms of brain health. I think I, I don't like the word, I don't like some of the uh, ways mental health is uh, handled in the medical field. Um, I talk to people every single day that have a wide variety of things going on. They're not broken. They might have to struggle with something. They might have some nuances about them um, and they're held back and they they have been bullied as kids. And they will say this. They will they will tell me this constantly. Their stories are, are hugely empowering and, and impactful to me in terms of what they've gone through, what resonates with them. And I'm talking like major CEOs of major companies telling me how they felt growing up because of how they were treated because they didn't read the same way somebody else read or they didn't master math the way somebody else mastered math or they did it, you know, what, what have you, whatever their story was. And so for those me, that's those skills just to connect with them. I mean, Christian walks into a room, he instantaneously connects with everybody, right? That's just who he yeah. is. Matthew, how many words has Matthew said to you in the six years that you've known him, right? Other than, hi, Stephanie, hi, Stephanie, right? Yeah. But, what? And then you got Chase. And then you got Chase. Yeah. Who's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, but for me, the more, um, the more I've been in it now, this has been many years now. So the more I'm in it that, you know, I'm living, I'm living with our customers, I'm living with their stories. And so it is, uh, when I, when I see the ability and, and our clinical trials were like jaw dropping to see people come out uh, of this e exam environment, like where we put them through really difficult cognitive tests. And they came out, I mean, truly angry and frustrated and pissed off and uh, just just kind of just inf infuriated because of their performance. And then, <laughs> then when they came out after wearing the device that we put them through sham devices and the real devices, like we tested it, you know, we tested it very thoroughly. And to see the difference in them, the, literally their posture and how they walked and the smile on their face and when they crushed it and when they they saw for the first time, wait a minute, I can crush it. Like I I actually can, I just did. And they would see their data. I mean, it was just, uh, it was, it just fuels you to keep going as hard and as fast as you can. The part that's emotional that you said is, I watched my brother be, bullied his whole life. And I think now maybe that's, maybe I didn't know it, that that's, that's what I'm trying to stop that bullying that should never happen. That people just go through that. They don't, they don't even realize, right. And like yeah. and people don't realize that it's happening. And, other, and I think the problem is, is, you know, we, and we could do a whole segment on bullying, right. Because we all yes. know that that's, you know, the things at home and the trauma and the thing, I mean, I've, I've literally, I, I love Facebook 
I've literally had people like reach out to me on Facebook and they're like, dude, I follow your content. I love your stuff. I am so sorry, bro. Like, like it was almost like a, it was literally like an Adam Sandler, Billy Madison moment where like the guy, like, you know what I mean? And he's like crossing people. And I didn't have a kill list. So then we were good on that. But I've literally had people and they're like, I was such a shit, dude. Like I, and, but they told me, they were like, dude, like my dad used to beat the shit out of my mom and, you know, just something would happen. And it was like, dude, that's what you were dealing with. It wasn't me. Right. But it was, it, it was that thing. And like, they, they tend to find that because I was different. I didn't have that personality. I wasn't, I was the more the quiet and, you know, just, just different in school. So that's amazing. That's amazing. So I, I'll, I'm going to leave you with this story. Um, we'll, we'll close out with this because we've kind of on that track and I've talked about this on a previous one, but specifically with Christian and the switch to doing everything. So we're in this meeting, right? Well, I, I got to take you back to the second day of school last year when we're fighting with the school. Hey, he's turning this assignment or you're going to be in summer school and then, you know, and then, and, you know, he's the bad kid and he's this and, you know, and he's always the bad kid and, and all this kind of stuff. Right. So, which is frustrating to parents. And, and, and I try to be as understanding as I can be because I, I get him. Like I look at Christian, I'm like, I get you, man. I'm there with you. I, I understand everything you're feeling and going through, which has been great for him because I've really like shared that with him related. But even as a parent, it's still frustrating. It's still frustrating to get a call from the Dean four times a week and do that. You know what I mean? And it's like, so I'll, I'll never forget the moment where, you know, Christian's a very strong individual. Stephanie, he fell down on the living room floor and was crying and like convulsing. And he's like, why do I have a stupid brain? Why do I have a stupid, this is not fair. Why did God give me a, I don't believe in God. I, you know, I'm just losing control of himself, right? Because he just... He's like, why can't I be like Matt? Why can't I be like the other kids in school? Why can't I just sit still for five minutes and just do what the teacher said? Dad, I can't do it. Like, and, and he's just so emotional. And God, it was horrible. Like two hours yeah. holding it, right? So flip, flash forward almost a year, exactly. He goes to the local Brevard business meeting. He's invited as the guest speaker. And mm -hmm. I told Christian... And I hope you guys are listening to this because you made a huge impact on his life. Told Christian, I said, Christian, Rush Bowl's location. We have a huge opportunity with us. And you know what I'm about to say with the USSA baseball field, right? That stadium, that is a thousand cars in that parking lot, Monday through Friday. It's not even weekends. That's what I try to explain. People are like, oh, is it packed on weekends? I'm like, no, it's like six days a week. They have like I don't even know where, like, where they find time to play baseball on a Tuesday at 7.30 in the morning, but someone's playing baseball. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, obviously a perfect, you know, uh, base for, for rush balls, right? Like, to, you know, you're playing baseball all day, you're in the heat, perfect rush balls. So I said to Christian in the beginning, I said, Christian, as part of community outreach, one of our goals is going to be to get in touch with those people. Now we're going to have to work our way up. You might have to like pop in and see and that. that. So Networking meeting finished. Christian finishes his talk. I'm going around shaking hands. Christian has a line of 12 people waiting to shake his hand. Right? <laughs> and we get through that. And then I get, hey, dad, can you come here for a minute? There's someone I'd like you to meet. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I walk over, older gentleman and a, and, a, and a woman next to him. And he goes, um, dad, so uh, remember the baseball thing? Like he, he owns it. I'm like, oh, and like Stephanie, so casually, right? Like, oh, he's my buddy, right? So literally, yeah. he looks at me, he goes, are you responsible for this? And I was like, 
I said, I am. I, I said, hopefully I can claim it this time. And he's like, this is the most impressive young man that I've met, blah, 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 blah. So Christian leaves this networking meeting with the cell phone, with the, with the um, cell phone saying, hey, if you want to come in here and talk about stuff, I want you here on Saturdays. I want you talking to my people, blah, 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 right? And like, oh, and Stephanie, just amazing connection. Then the COO is sitting next to me and she leans over during Christian's talk. She's like, I love that kid. She's like, he is amazing. So anyway, we get into the car. Obviously, I understand the magnitude and the six-figure magnitude of what just happened, right, for Rush Bowls. And, yeah. uh, and, and Christian's just sitting there, big smile and everything. So I just stopped him for a second. I said, Christian, let me ask you a question. He goes, yeah. And I go, how's that stupid brain working out today? <laughs> big smile. And he's like, dad, you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just that moment of, I was like, because Christian, you just did what 98% of the 15 year olds in this world could not do, right? You got in front of a room, you talked, you, you know, impressed people and the, to the point that this guy gave you his cell phone number and said, don't bother calling the numbers. If you want to have a meeting with me, call myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that, just, that just gives me chills. And it's that yeah. moment when you, when you can, when you can be a part of somebody self-discovering that they have the capabilities, you know, it's, it, it, it never leaves you. It never leaves you. And that's the kind of stuff that fuels me. I, I joke. I'm like, it was literally the moment where Spider-Man realized he could shoot a web out of his hand. Yeah. Right? Like it was literally like, holy crap. Like I, I am capable and I am. So it was an amazing moment. Huge kudos to Christian on it. Um, so yeah, well, Stephanie, listen, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I've learned so much about you. I knew that you were involved in that. I didn't know the degree in which that, that you were and everything, which is absolutely fascinating. I look forward to getting my headset. I want the app. So I will, I will uh, get in touch with you about that. And again, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your journey and continue to change the world, Stephanie. I can't wait. Thank you. Yeah, right back at you. I, I feel the same about you. And, and uh, I, I, love, I love that we get to work together at times and I hope more of that happens. Likewise. Same here. All right, <laughs> Stephanie, thank you so much. See ya.